And when we sat down for our second recording session, she was ready. How do you feel right now as you're about to give the talk? I feel nervous, but I also feel um, like every time I do the talk, I vindicate a little piece of myself that feels trapped by my story. So, yeah, my hands are sweating, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I want to warn you that her story contains some brief yet graphic mentions of sexual assault and violence. So if content of that nature is a trigger for you, you might want to skip this episode. As she begins the talk, my suggestion, as always, is that you don't try to figure out who this speaker is. Suspend judgment. Just listen. I wasn't supposed to be here. They say you ain't nothing, you ain't never gonna be nothing. I saw my first murder when I was just 11 years old. By the time I was 15, I was on my own, sleeping outside under bridges and park benches, unable to bathe, shower, or even brush my teeth for months. I ate out of garbage cans. According to the adults around me, I was damaged and more likely to be dead or in prison and to become a scholar. But now, I'm an AP English teacher and an advocate for gifted and talented children in poverty. How could they have been so wrong about me? I see myself in a lot of the kids I teach today. From an early age, I loved words and I loved learning even though I didn't particularly love school. I remember sitting Indian style on my Bumpas floor, watching Nightline. It was my grandfather's favorite show and mine too. I mean, I was an eight-year-old enamored with Ted Koppel in the middle of what we affectionately call the hood. I will never forget the day Koppel provided me with my first piece of elevated diction. He used the word ambiguous. I can't remember exactly the context he used it in, but there was something incredibly significant about it. The next day, I asked my mom what the word ambiguous meant, and she was in the middle of watching Days of Our Lives, and she was like, I don't know, go find a dictionary and look it up. What I was thinking was, how in the world am I supposed to look up a word I don't even know how to spell? Unable to spell it, though, I found myself willfully lost in a sea of lexicon. From that moment on, Diane Sawyer, Renee Descartes, Angela Davis, even some Agatha Christie led me deeper into books. Books became my best friends, and the knowledge from them oozed out of me. Reading was my escape from the war zone I lived in, same as so many children in poverty. Flashing forward to my teenage years, it was the toughest time in my life. I was 14 when my mom sank fully into her crack addiction. Nearly every night I was awakened by men sexually abusing me. I feared sleep when it was coming and I avoided it whenever I could, but every moment when I was awake, my mom abused me, too. She yelled at me and degraded me. You ain't nothing. You ain't never gonna be nothing. One day, I stood up for myself and begged her to stop hurting me. I told her how she made me feel. I wanted her to pity me. I was honest, and I cried, something I didn't normally do. Her response was to physically attack me and send me out on the streets alone. Then I had to figure out who I was and live with the fear that no one might ever see me as good enough. The scars from my upbringing left me feeling unsafe, 
hopeless and afraid, like so many children in poverty. I developed a rough exterior to protect me from the constant jabs people threw at me. I brought all that pain, rejection, and self-loathing right into the classroom with me. So in school, many of my teachers might have had a different opinion about me. I was not identified as gifted and talented, but I was identified as a smart-mouthed, annoying know-it-all who asked too many questions and challenged authority all of the time. Teachers couldn't stand me because I was unmotivated and more likely to be asleep in class if I showed up at all. I remember one time when I was 16, a teacher became enraged when I passed a test after missing two or three weeks of school. I didn't like participating in class, so she assumed I didn't know anything. She accused me of cheating and I was pissed. She said, I know you cheated because you haven't been here. And I was like, actually, I taught myself the stuff you're teaching us now when I was 10.